0: Hello and welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. What's up, dude? What you writing?
1: I'm trying to figure out how to spell pagan.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> Are you really?
1: I really had it the other day, and I forgot. Well, well Uh, now... Is it P-A-E-G-A-N? I think
0: it's P-A-G-A-N. Pagan, right? P-A-G-A-N. Yeah, it's P-A-G-A-N. Okay. Yeah. I
1: thought there was an E in there somewhere.
0: The reason why Larry's trying to spell pagan is because we have another pagan coming on today. This uh, this one is a Celtic pagan, right? Um, I don't... So, she goes by the Gemini Druid. And she is a Celtic pagan. We have no clue what that is, but we're going to figure out um, we're going to figure out that from her shortly. Um, so, how has your week been, dude? Well,
1: with the bad weather that is here currently, or has been, and the outside work that I had scheduled, basically I cooked dinner.
0: That's it. Kind yeah, of,
1: sort of. I, I did a little bit of studying but.
0: I gotta be honest with you, I just feel I feel kinda like
1: off today, dude. Well, I was in your Bible study both days for two hours. You were today too? No, but Monday and Tuesday I was oh, okay, got gotcha. I, I had ambassadors today.
0: Yeah. 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 I feel off today, man. I don't know what it was in my Bible study today. So what I've been doing lately is in those Bible studies I'll uh I haven't been muting people. And the reason why I haven't muting people is because First, I want everyone to be able to hear the word of God being spoke in there, but also it hasn't been bothering me that bad. And, in, and if you have all those comments coming in, even if they're hateful ones, it helps you get put out to more people. Like TikTok will put you out to more people. And so, you know, whereas I have like 1,600 to 2,500 people come through on those Bible studies when, when we delete comments, when we don't, we have like upwards of like four or 5,000 people come through. And so, um, I've, I've been allowing him, but today I had to, I had to like put a stop to it because it was actually getting to me today. I mean, people talking about my teeth, people talking about me being a false preacher. I told you, I told you and Mark yesterday about that guy, um, saying I was going to hell. I was breaking the second commandment and I was a false teacher because of that spiritual warfare picture I had up. I mean, it just,
1: and I sent all that to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I read yeah, it. I, I looked I definitely up the read
1: second, it. second, uh, yeah commandment and everything no
0: mm-hmm. i appreciate your support man that means a lot especially because i look up to you you know and so um you say because i'm
1: taller than you are what's that you only look up to me because i'm taller than you no are.
0: i look up to you spiritually too as oh. well i actually look down on you from be- for being taller because i'm like how does that even like because personally like you're kind of wasting your height honestly like the only thing you do with your height is like run into stuff. I would imagine. Like that's um,
1: a, no. I take soffits off of a house without having to need a ladder.
0: Okay, but it probably hurts your neck and back. No, and it stuff. does you pretty can, much. Yeah, that's especially what I'm after saying. the back surgery. I think that the only thing good you do. But, is but is at like sixty, run I'm
1: not going to run up and down the court and play basketball. Yeah, I wasn't good saying. at it when I was a kid. I dribbled on my feet cuz my feet were too big. So,
0: first of all, why do you brag about something you can't control? And then also I why have do you I
1: no control over my height.
0: Why do you That's what I'm saying. Why do you brag about something you can't control? And then also why do you brag about something you don't use? So, technically, my but height I is do more use efficient my than height.
1: Yours. I do use my height. My wife needs something off the top shelf. I get it for her. So do I. She gets the stuff off the lower shelf cuz I can't. I
0: may have to climb, but I still get it
1: for. her. Well, I keep her from having to climb on the kitchen cabinets.
0: You remember that show Rugrats from back in the yeah, day, a cartoon? I, well
1: known. You're back in the day. I had children that age. Yeah, remember? You're the same age as my middle daughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you know, thirty something, seven, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah, thirty-seven. I mean, come on. I got two, one kid older than you.
0: Do you really? Yes. That's crazy. Back yes. in the
2: day, r- Rugrats. To me, back in the day, is like Road Runner.
0: Yeah, oh, I watched go. that yeah, too. Road Runner. Yeah, <laughs> I watched that too. Yeah. Yeah. See, uh, you,
1: you probably don't even know what Gilligan's Island is.
0: Oh, I used to watch that all the time, dude. I had the a huge, black and white ones. Yeah, I had a huge crush on that um, you didn't ginger even know girl. They came in black and white. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. I had a huge crush on that ginger girl.
1: Yeah. Well, she was redhead. No, that, not the ginger. The
0: Marianne. The blackhead. Marianne girl.
1: was the cutest, but Ginger was redhead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which you know what they say about redheads.
1: I'm married two of them. Tell me all you want to.
0: They just say nope. That's what they say about redheads. I can
1: debunk all the myths.
0: To any of our listeners that are redheads, we are just joking about redheads. I said
1: I can debunk the myth. i married two of them.
0: Yeah. So they are crazy? Is that what you're saying?
1: They can go from...
0: (laughs) They can go from... yeah
1: in a very quick
0: minute point a to point b like yep okay yeah i gotcha
1: and it could be over something you have no clue what well, that but that was okay yesterday
0: yeah but it is isn't yeah. okay today <laughs> that sounds just like women girls i'm kidding i'm kidding the listeners right now are throwing their headphones off they're saying i'm not listening to the help my unbelief podcast anymore <laughs> No,
1: unfortunately i have experience
0: yeah well that's awesome yeah i feel better already um i'm excited about today um I'm just, I'm grateful to all the listeners, um, how fast this podcast is growing. Um, I'm so grateful to be put in this position. And I say this to all my listeners in the Bible study, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, but um, we do not take this responsibility lightly, um, which we have been given it to. And we've been given it, this responsibility, by our fans. Okay, and by God is who's given us the responsibility, which is more
1: important than our fans. No offense.
0: Yeah, and then who's giving us our purpose to continue and the drive to continue and the encouragement to continue is our fans. So yes. we're getting the encouragement from you guys, and so we are grateful. We do not take this lightly, and we are just we're so excited to be um, a part of this, man. And I maybe we should just go ahead and get to the interview. I don't know,
1: but should shouldn't we like celebrate? Say happy. 10th or something. I mean, we had 10. Number 10 came out yesterday. 10, yeah. Number 10. We have 10 out. Now, I mean, that doesn't mean a lot to y'all, but to me, it means a whole lot.
0: That's a lot. Well, if you look back at, like, do you remember the test episode we shot? That was like so long ago. We man. were so
1: nice to each other.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, we just barely knew each other then.
1: That's true. We've got yeah. to know each other quite a bit since. So yeah. We, well, but, that, but we started this 10. That would be 11 weeks ago that we started this. Mm-hmm. Because it w- of the test video. No, so, it's
0: 12 weeks ago. This is number 11, so it was 12 weeks ago. This is number touche, 11. Touche. Yeah.
1: You you are correct. This is number 11 and and so 3 months ago then. 3 months ago.
0: A quarter of a year.
1: We started this. It's crazy, man. And and well, God started this in us. You know. And it's amazing. It's that. actually
0: way longer than that. It's actually like last winter when God woke me up in the middle of the night and gave me the name of the Help My Unbelief podcast. And then it was even longer than three months ago where me, I didn't even know you, and I walk up to you and I said, hey, bro, God told me to start a podcast with you. What do you think? And you are probably like, what's a podcast? What? You were like a what? Well,
1: I got, I got it. Let me give just a little bit, just a little bit. I had a kid that we had on our lawn care group or our team and uh, since 2020. And he still comes to church here now. But when he first got there, it was all walking around with his phone like this all the damn time. And I don't know, I get a little angry about that when you're supposed to be working, but you're doing this. And I don't know what he's saying because I couldn't hear him anyway and didn't want to all the lawn equipment, but it was aggravated. I'd say, what the heck are you doing? I'm
0: podcasting.
1: I'm podcasting. So when you brought up podcasting,
0: you had a little disdain for I, it, uh,
1: yes, very much so.
0: aren't you glad you did though?
1: Yes, actually, I am because i I am blessed, yeah, I am blessed beyond my wildest imagination with this.
0: We've been through some crazy stuff already, like through actual spiritual war. um our life has just been um turned upside down. I mean, like it's pretty obvious that. Um, our enemy is not happy with what we're doing. Wouldn't you agree to that?
1: Amen. And um, But that's okay, because he's not going to yeah. be.
0: He can be mad in his little it's enemy okay. mad pants. That's yeah. what he can do. That's he can right. just be mad in his enemy mad pants. Jesus loves him, too. The enemy?
1: Jesus loves everyone.
0: He doesn't love our enemy, right? Yes, he does. He, he loves Satan?
1: He loves everybody.
0: Oh, uh, I was going to say, well, probably not Satan. Jesus right? loves
1: you. And that was one of the things in your Bible study the other day. That I decided, I don't know, God gave me, and he said, everyone that comes in there that says, you know, hell, Satan, I just put Jesus loves you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then every
1: time they said something negative, Jesus loves you. Yeah. And I was able to type faster because I got a pen. Oh. So my fingers, I didn't have to correct it so much, and I went.
0: Yeah. Oh, Wow.
1: Yeah, see, so I can do that pretty quick. That's why I was faster. So
0: you weren't listening to the Bible study at all is what you're saying. No, you're but re-
1: I kept telling people, Jesus loved you.
0: Okay, well, I'm glad you didn't learn anything, hey. but you learned how to type quicker.
1: All is well in my soul oh. because Jesus loves me.
0: There you go. He also loves you. Does he really? Thanks. Very much so. Okay, let's get to the Gemini Druid. She is a Celtic pagan, and we appreciate her coming on. We've had this scheduled for over a month, so we're excited to hear from her. Um she said she will not be doing any rituals on the phone with us today. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. I don't that. know
1: what that entails, but thank you. Yeah. It doesn't all their rituals have to do with walking around Stonehenge?
0: Um, I don't know. Let's talk to her and find out. Okay. Let's get to the Gemini Druid. Hello. Okay. We're, we just, so we're just already recording and we're just going to kick this thing off. Um, so, have you watched any of our shows?
3: I have. Uh, I've got to watch, I think, like three episodes while I was working one night.
0: Oh, nice. That's so so you know fantastic. that the guy that's talking right now, I'm the cool one. And then we have Larry, who's the old one. I'm the old one. And then we have Mark, the who's producer. Who's the voiceover. Yep. Mark is our okay. executive producer. So, okay, sounds good.
3: And uh, Larry actually reminds me a lot of my mother, so this, this oh. will be fine. <laughs> okay.
0: okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> i I mean
3: that in a good way like you guys have similar opinions because she is a christian so oh gotcha gotcha well that's what i meant
1: okay that's okay i can handle it because well guys i I remind me of my mom and i look like my mom and my brother looks like my dad so
0: guys i gotta handle that she's she's my favorite already (laughs) and what's your name
3: uh you can call me gemini
0: Gemini. Okay. Okay, Jim and I. Thanks for coming on. Um, we are excited to talk to you. Um, we don't know what a Celtic uh, pagan druid is, right? And so that that's what we'll start off with. We we usually start off with interviewing you, and then um, me and Larry will say something towards the end, and then you get the floor at the end, and then um, we'll go from there. So, um, what is a Celtic pagan, or you can just give us the title that your the appropriate title. That's why I'm not messing it up. What is that?
3: Fair. Um, well, most people don't know what it is, so I don't hold that against you, like a lot of people don't. Um, so Celtic, as a term, is an old term for a very specific group of tribal people throughout Europe. You see them through Ireland, Scotland, Wales, southern France. You see them in England. Um, and sometimes as far east as Turkey. Um, They are people who specifically talk with a specific language, and that's the actual term meaning. But when we talk about Celtic pagans today, they are revivalist people who are trying to follow the ancient Celtic religion. Um, I'm specifically Irish. That's where my ancestors come from. So I work with that pantheon of gods from Ireland. Um, And as for the Druid, it is a very specific magic practice within Celtic society. They were your priests, your judges. They were the ones who uh, held rituals like marriage and funerals, things like that. Um, And basically, Druid just means the wise person of the oak. Our job and path in life is to gain as much knowledge as possible and then spread that knowledge to the public.
0: Okay. And so you're polytheist, you believe in, um, many oh. gods, correct?
3: Correct. Uh, the, the actual term that I use is omninist because I believe all deities exist.
0: Oh, you believe in all, all deities. Correct. Okay. Um, so you believe in Jesus, you believe in God, you believe in, um, um, Odin, you believe in, yes. you believe in Satan. Um, well,
3: uh, I don't believe in Satan. Um, I, Satan for me and through my studies, because I used to be a very devout Lutheran, um, for me, Satan is a title, it's two separate titles in Hebrew, so it's not an actual entity of itself, if that makes sense.
0: Okay, and you, uh, so you used to be a Lutheran, which is a, um, which is a sect of Christianity, right? Um, correct. Do you, you grew up that way, you said your mother's Christian, you grew up that way?
3: Uh, yes, I was in church since the womb, uh, quite literally. Um, I was christened when I was about eight weeks old with, uh, water from the river Jordan because my pastor at the time had actually gone to Israel, um, and brought it back. Um, the majority of my family is actually Christian. I have six pastors in my family. Wow. Um, my life was in the church for about 20 years until I left the faith.
0: Okay. Um, so, do you? I, I, I wow, that was a bad stutter, guys. Okay, so
3: <laughs>
0: I was like, he just, Hey, are you a redhead? I did not have a stroke.
3: Uh, no, I'm blonde actually.
1: Okay, because you mentioned you were Irish, I just had to ask. Sorry, yeah,
0: I was gonna say, if you are a redhead, <laughs> do not listen to the intro of this show. <laughs>
1: do not
3: listen to it's the- fine. No, as I, soon as I, she said Irish, that's what I thought of.
0: I was like, I'm going to just send her the show and be like, skip to uh, minute 10.3 because Larry's basically talking. I wasn't, I didn't say nothing bad about redheads. I did not. I didn't either. Well, okay. I just spoke from knowledge. Okay. So where were we? What I was saying is, do you have like, um, so, so 10 out of 11, no, I'm sorry. Not, no, yes. Okay. Well, no, we can't answer for you yet. So nine out of 10, um, guests that we've talked to have some sort of religious trauma or bad experience with the church. Um, as some sort of that, would you consider your, um, church experience to be good overall, bad overall, or was it something that caused you to leave the, uh, the religion altogether or what happened there?
3: So for me, I do have some, I guess what people would call religious trauma. There were some events in the church, um, within people I trusted that broke my trust, but it never like hindered my belief. Gotcha. Uh, for me, I turned away from the faith after I started hardcore studying the Bible, uh, the Tanakh, the history of Christianity, and the Bible. So it it was kind of an evolution. It wasn't really just a flat out one thing turned me kind of thing.
0: Gotcha. You you just kind of evolved it. So you said um, you said when you turned twenty is when you started looking away from it. But you also told so. How- You don't have to tell me how old you are. I need to really get away from asking women how old they are, by the way. So, but you, Uh, I think I remember you told me that you've been, um, you've been practicing what you've been practicing now for seven years, correct? Correct. Okay. I will
3: be 27 in June. Um, and I really started kind of turning away or like starting my deconstruction path when I was about 18, um, but didn't officially leave Christianity until I was 20.
0: Okay, gotcha. And so, um, Druid, which you, you talked about, magic. Um, the last, did you listen to our last episode, the one that came out yesterday? Uh,
3: no, I didn't get a chance to.
0: Okay, so she's a pagan witch, and she only, she only practices white magic. She does not practice black magic, and she only does spells where she manipulates her environment. She doesn't manipulate um, outcomes of other people, right? So mm-hmm. what kind of magic do you practice? Do you have any boundaries that you won't cross with your magic and stuff like that? Like, can you explain what kind of magic you do?
3: Um, So I guess the colloquial term within the pagan community is you could, you could call me a gray witch, um, meaning that I work with both light and dark energies. For me, good and evil are human moral constructs that don't really fit the entire universe or spectrum of reality. But I do have my own morals. There are lines that I will not cross because I know the consequences and it's not something that I'm willing to do. Um, I have done magic work for people, mostly uh, healing cells, um, but only at request. Like I'm very much borderline consent. Unless you come to me for something, I'm not gonna do something for you. Unless I have permission, I'm not doing it. for myself personally, and for my family, I have done healing spells, ma- uh, money spells. Um, mostly, though, I work with uh, shadow work and helping people through that kind of therapy and deconstruction. Um, so that's mainly my focus.
0: Okay, so um, what can you explain what that is? Shadow work um, having to do with deconstruction, which I'm uh, I'm assuming it means deconstructing from Christianity, correct? Correct. Okay, um, what is that? Shadow
3: work. So shadow work is a term where it's describing a type of therapy. Honestly, like a lot of therapists will have you do it, where you look at your own self, you talk to what we call your inner child or teenager, um, and you help heal the trauma within yourself. Um, and once you have a better grasp on that, you can help people to start deep diving into what is known as your shadow self or the self—the self that we don't talk about the dark parts, right? And you start coming to terms with it, accepting it, and learning how to deal with it and control it, so you yourself no longer harm yourself or people around you
0: yeah, um, so you say you work with dark and good or light magic, right and you, you basically oh, well, said morality's subjective, and so you're, you have your own you have your own set of morals that you don't that you don't cross if if i 'm not mistaken there, correct me if i 'm wrong. But then you no, s-
3: you 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 would be correct.
0: Okay, and then you said, um, and then you said you work with both light and dark. If I'm saying that wrong, f- forgive me on that. Light and dark magic, right? Um, so what uh, what do you believe? Well, most
3: people would consider uh, light and dark. Yes, They're okay, just uh, different forms of the polarity. Honestly,
0: what? What are the entities that give you the power there? What do you consider those entities? Demonic on the dark side and then light, angelic? Or what do you consider those?
3: Um, For me, I don't use terms like demonic or angelic. Um, Those are Christian terms. Uh, But for me, um, all things, including deities, spirits, um, what you want to call demons, both have a light and dark side. Um, it's just different aspects of them that I would use. Um, the deities that I've worked with the most over the years um, are Nyx, the primordial goddess of night from the Greek pantheon, uh, and her son, Thanatos, who is the Greek primordial god of nonviolent death. Um, but from the Celtic pantheon, I have worked with the Morrigan and her husband, the Dogdoze, the gods of uh, life and death within that pantheon as well as what we would call the God of the wild, Sir Nuno's from the Welsh Pantheon.
0: Okay. And while you're working with these um, spirits, have you ever seen them physically manifest themselves?
3: Physically? No. Um, for me, it's more of like an energy that I can feel. Um, I will get random thoughts in my head that I know aren't from me um, and tend to fit within their aspects. Um, so it's more like a, Spiritual connection, kind of like how Christians would describe speaking with the Holy Spirit or Jesus Himself.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because um, we had our, our last guest, uh, she said that. Um, so you can you can um, correct me or correct her, or whatever whatever you say, if if she's wrong or we're wrong. But she basically said she made a mistake um, while practicing magic one time, and she forgot to cleanse her area and then um, she heard something crash in the other room and then saw a big dark figure in the corner of the room. Do you have to take some sort of protection for yourself and your surroundings before you start um, practicing magic?
3: Uh, I would recommend that for anybody who is wanting to get into a magical practice because if we are going to be honest, um, there are both good and bad entities that will take an open invitation and do with what they will. Um, we do, our belief does give them power, but there are some things that can come into my house, um, who, who wish me harm. So for my protection, as well as the protection of my family, I do have protection spells, uh, or what we call wards around my face. Um, I do do cleansing before and after. Uh, I do certain rituals, but I have personally never had an issue with something coming into my home or my space that is a threat to me.
0: Yeah, um, do you do you follow uh, Witchy Nanners on um, TikTok?
3: A little bit, I think. I think I've seen her around quite a bit
0: because she believes she believes like God and Jesus exist, and but she follows Satan and practices um, witchcraft. Um, based off of Satan, I believe now I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, um, she'll allow me to interview her someday. Um, we have spoken privately before, but she's been hurt so much by Christians. She just doesn't, she just doesn't trust me and I don't blame her. You know what I mean? Um, you have to earn that trust, but, um, but so I just can't help to think when I've been talking to you guys, um, in this situation, it's like, do you ever think that like, what if, what if Christianity is true? and you get to the end, and does that not scare you at all? Does it not scare you?
3: It used to. Uh, It used to when I was first in my deconstruction process. Um, Sorry, I have neighbors and they're playing music. Um, I used to have those existential crises where I thought, you know, what if I am wrong? And my mother is right and all of this is right. Um, But over the years, I've kind of, been able to shy away from that, because in my head, if the Christian God is real, and he is all loving, then he will see my actions in my life, and see that I was going off of the information I had and be forgiving, or he's going to send me to hell. And honestly, I don't fear hell, I don't believe in hell. But if it was to happen, well, then I wouldn't want to be with a type of God who is so unforgiving and unloving just because
0: someone didn't know better man it's just like it's just crazy like because i do i do enjoy talking to um people from different rel- uh, religions it's um it's it's honestly intriguing i i enjoy speaking with everybody and then honestly we haven't had a person that i didn't like yet that i wouldn't like sit down and have dinner with but whenever you whenever now we've had two people now that are like basically like, hey, listen, I don't necessarily believe this is true, but if it is, I don't want to be with God anyway. I'd rather just go to hell and not be with him. And then that puts us in a place where we're like, okay, like what are we gonna say? You know what I mean? It's just a, it's a tough, tough position to be in. So you wouldn't want to serve a God that sends people to hell, even if they, even if you found out they deserved it. Or what if there's like some sort of deceit mechanism going on? to make you think that this God is a terrible, terrible person, right? But in reality, it's not. Like, we've all had the wool pulled over our eyes or something, and we've been deceived. What if that's the truth? You know what I mean?
3: I mean, it's possible. I'm never going to say I'm 100% right. I could be entirely wrong. Um, But when it comes to, like, what we have for Christian, what we would call Christian mythology or theology, Right. Uh, right. We have the Bible, and in the Bible context, by by literally just reading it as the story that it is, and seeing the rules that this God has put forth, that he himself breaks constantly um, in different aspects, I don't think that serving a God who is depicted that way, like, and I will separate Jesus from God, I do that. Uh, because the behaviors are quite different. I don't have an issue with the Jesus figure. I have an issue with the God, right? Um, it's, his behavior is very hypocritical. Um, and to me, it doesn't fit even basic cores of what we would call human morality. Like, um, we, most of us will agree, you know, mass genocide or killing is wrong, yet we see the Christian God who claims to be all-loving Commanding those things to occur, and for me, I can't, I can't put in my brain a reason to serve that. And honestly, I don't worship any of them. I don't see any of them as needing of or um, deserving of worship. Um, but I do work with these deities to understand myself and my reality better,
0: so yeah. that I
3: can be a better. Yeah
0: for the people around me. Which one do you think created the universe?
3: In my belief, I believe the creator God is known as chaos. Uh You will see this depiction in multiple theologies, but that name specifically comes from the Greek pantheon where it it was the darkness before, and from her sprouted everything.
0: Yeah. So do these, um have you had any spell? First of all, okay, I want to ask, I'm gonna ask both ways. Have you ever had a spell work against you poorly, or have you have ever had a spell work in your favor um, while practicing magic?
3: Um, poorly, no, not like
0: really. Like backfire. Uh, Let's say backfire. Right? Have you had a spell where it didn't go it? It worked, but it didn't work the way you intended to. Like it backfired on you. That's what I meant. Not.
3: Poorly. Uh, no, I've never had a spell backfire on me. Now I've have I have done spells where the outcome was what I was trying to achieve, but not in the way that I would have imagined or pictured it to be. Um, But really, the only quote unquote, backlash, I guess I would get is that if I'm doing specifically like healing work, right, for example, um, I'm giving my own energy forth. So when I do that, it will exhaust me to the point where I have to sleep for like 12 hours. Um, But really, I haven't had anything like blow up in my face because I am one who has always taken precautions with my magic. Uh, when I was first learning magic, which I wish more people had, was someone telling me, hey, always read warning labels first. Always know what you're gonna get into because when we talk about magical use, magic comes at a price. It, it always is going to. It, it's just the way that energy flows. Um, similar to like, you're going to go for a run, which is good for your body, but then you're gonna be exhausted afterwards. That kind of payment. Yeah. Um so always read warning labels first is always my biggest recommendation to new witches who do come to me for advice.
0: Gotcha. Um so do you view people like me and Larry, do you, you do you view us as um your enemies? No.
3: Um for me I don't if you're a Christian, good. That that is great for you. That is your path, that is your belief. I'm not gonna knock it. The only time I have problems with Christians, um, especially on TikTok, which is the majority of place I see that's not really in my personal life, but on TikTok, um, is that because I am pagan, because I am LGBTQ, because I am ex-Christian, because I am pro-choice, I will get death threats or I will get um, a lot of hate from them where it is like you're going to burn in hell you don't know what you're talking about, you're constantly being deceived without ever like listening to what I have to say. Um, so in that, I will match energy and be that kind of um adversarial force. But if we're just having a simple conversation and you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe, I it's not like an enemy thing, there's yeah. no Issues there on a personal level. Level now, do I see like the Catholic Church as an enemy? Kind of, especially since them specifically have affected both lines of my ancestors, both from my father and my mother's side. So yeah, that's something completely different. Though,
0: yeah, I just, uh, I mean, I mean, I got told, I I get told that I I'm going to hell by a Christian twice a week. So far, we're at one this week, and so I get it. Like, I got told that um have you have you ever came in one of my lives?
3: I've I've come in several of your lives. I like how you run things because even though people disagree, you're not really combative.
0: No. um, God's called me to be different, and I'm just being obedient, so all glory to God on that. But I'm just being obedient that, like, um, I tried to take the route of the Christian apologist to where I tried to be argumentative, and then then I talked to God. I said, God, this isn't me. (laughs) Like, I'm not argumentative. I'm like, really, I'm a passive individual at heart. And I heard from God pretty clearly. He said, hey, I want you to do this Zach's way. You know what I mean? Like Zach's way. I don't want you to be a Christian apologist. I was like, well, thank God because I'm not an arguer. But anyway, um, so you've seen my live background I have, right? The background I I put Mm -hmm. up. So I got told yesterday I was breaking the second commandment um, from that. So I understand how frustrating Christians can be and how poor examples are being shown um, all over the place, and that really stinks because I feel like God's getting a bad rap because of it. If that makes sense, I got a question. It, it, for, go ahead. I'm it sorry. Does.
3: No, it it, it it does make sense. I know, like for me, like like I said, the majority of my family's Christian, and these are people that I love dearly. So I'm very close with my family. Yeah. Um, who are amazing people who would do anything for anybody. Yeah. But then I can also see on the side where even these really good people hold some bigoted ideas because either the church told them or that's how they were raised or that's how life was when they were growing up. So it's it's more so not necessarily the Christians who are having the issue. It's, it's the ideology that has been indoctrinated for so long that people can't really grow from that when honestly the Bible and that god if he is real would have encouraged you to grow with that and try to understand people and even jesus is quoted as saying that you know the greatest commandment is love the lord your god with all your heart mind and soul and love your neighbor as yourself yeah and i think that's should be the focus, but unfortunately, it's not very much the focus within many Christian circles. Not all, but many Christians.
0: Yeah, I believe that the the greatest deceit is that because I don't think it's ever been our job like to tell people that they're going to hell. Like I remember my my dad came up to me after my uh, one of my uncles committed suicide. And my dad came up to me shortly thereafter, and I remember he kind of caught me in the laundry closet. Like, I don't remember why I was in the laundry closet, but I went in there, and um, he came and he kind of grabbed me by the shoulder. And he turned me around, and this is out of nowhere, too. Like, we were just having a good time. This was probably months after my uncle had committed suicide, and we were just visiting. And he came up, and he grabbed me on the shoulder, and he turned me around, and he said, he said, uh, you know your Uncle Dennis is in hell, right? And I was like, excuse me? He was like, you know your Uncle Dennis is in hell, right? And I felt like God started speaking through me. Because I'm just a young kid, and I, there's no way I would know this. I started remembering Bible verses. And I, that's where I came up with that saying. I said that I left my book of life in my other pants. I came up with it then. I said, you know, I left my book of life in my other pants, Dad. So I, I wouldn't be able to know because it says whoever's um, name is written in the book of life gets to go, go to heaven. Whoever's name isn't written in the book of life doesn't get to go to heaven, right? right? And so I don't have one, do you? I don't have one. I don't have one either. You know what I mean? My, so
1: I, I am not listed as a judge. Yeah. You know, on the back of my name, it doesn't say, hey, yeah. he's a judge. No.
0: So we're given a gift, right, in the Christianity, we're given a gift um, by Christ, right, and the the gift is the eternal gift, life, the right? The
1: gift is given to all who accept it.
0: But we all pay a wage for sin. Yes. What is that wage? Death. Okay. So the my uncle dis technically paid the wage that we're all going to pay, right? So I'm not saying that I'm not saying that he's in heaven because I don't know, I don't have my book of life. But I'm also saying that we don't know that he's in hell either. That's right. And because I just see,
1: that's the one thing that we can only speculate. Right. We cannot actually say if. At that point, because every knee will bow. We can't say at what point that happens. Yeah. Does God actually come to you at that last second before you actually have no more conscious of that particular time and give you a chance to repent? We don't know that. I don't know. We don't know if you can repent if you're you're in like a, uh, you know, unconscious. We don't know what goes on with the spirit. No, All we know is what goes on with the flesh. But I will say that the death that that is talking about is your eternal death, not your physical death. The wages of sin is death. That is the eternal
3: death.
0: Yeah. Well,
3: and if you read that kind of scripture within uh, Hebrew and Greek context, it's talking about nihilism. So it's not even really talking about like a hell. It's talking about like either you are going to go with God or you're just not going to exist anymore, and that makes more sense to me in my head of how like an actual loving, caring God would operate versus the you know burning damnation that most people preach.
0: Hold on um, a second though. I, well, I'm. I mean, I've, so I've never read a Bible verse before that led me to believe different, except we are in my Bible study. I am in the book of Matthew, and um, Jesus mentioned. I don't remember the Bible verse, so I'd have to look it up. But it says that they will go down um to to hell that was created for the um for the satan and his angels right so basically what made me to believe that other people go to hell as well not just satan and his angels was because jesus said that these people will go down with them that this pl- so it says that these people were created or this place was created for satan and his angels but these people will also go down with them so That place is not just for Satan and his angels. That led me to believe that. i got to find it, though. Um,
2: You know, this is very interesting. (laughs) This is Mark, and I I like—what's your name again? Her name's Gemini. Gemini. Gemini, I I appreciate what you said. I was raised a Seventh-day Adventist, and they don't believe in eternal suffering either. They believe in revelation— it says, and we could argue about this, which is pointless. That's what to say, Mark, um,
0: Mark, you believe
2: that. Um, yeah, but it, it says that they will be thrown into the fire, and that is the second death. And that means eternal separation from God and eternal life. Yeah. And to me, I I am like you, Jim, and I, I find that far more comforting than it's still frightening. I, I don't want... To exist without God, I know from my own experiences, my way are a hell of its own. And it's only in operating within his will and his boundaries that I found any kind of peace. And I want to experience life eternal with him. I don't want to die the second death. So I can certainly see how from your perspective that might begin, because with me, it began a long, multi-year term of deconstruction, as you call it um where i chased many different avenues um you know i found no peace in any of that and returned to my god um but but that was one of the things that 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 i also noticed in scripture and 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 thought arrogantly to myself i realize now at 56 years old um well my god i don't want anything to do with a god like that sounds like a sadist You know, I don't know if you can, if you can identify with that thought process, but.
3: Oh, kind of. Well, like if you look at it, like take it non-religiously and just read it as the story it is, like a fiction novel, right? The character of who we would call Yahweh or that the Christian God archetype, um, he seems to be a child throwing a temper tantrum. And I don't know why, (laughs) but like, that's always how I felt about it. Like, but if I've looked into like the Hebrew mythology and what they believe, their creator is El Elyon, and Yahweh would be the son, and so it makes more sense of why that's the narrative. Um, I I, litter, I live with a biblical scholar. My spouse spouse has his doctorate in divinity and metaphysics. I hear all of the, all of it all the time. I've had to read the Hebrew and the Greek. Like I get shoved books at me all the time for it. So
0: wait, your husband's a Christian? You said.
3: No, uh, my, my, uh, my spouse is a, uh, hermetic atheist. Oh, gotcha. uh, but has their doctorates in divinity and metaphysics. Uh, went to school for 15 years. Uh, did start out as a Christian, but as they continued their journey, deconstruction happened and now they, uh, they are still a legal high priest of divinity, both, uh, for all religions as well as specifically for the Church of Lucifer, uh, who we do work very closely with. Um, but he, I have watched him sit down with my mother and my grandmother who are both very devout Christians and had Bible studies with them and helped them on their journey and understanding certain passages to make them feel better, to get them more connected to God. And it, we don't like discourage belief. We just encourage people to actually go open with open minds and actually study it and understand what you're what you're preaching before you preach it
0: yeah yeah well that's why that's why I um I tell people all the time they'll ask me a question and I'll just if if I don't know it I'm gonna say I don't know you know if I'm still if I'm still climbing the hill then I'm not gonna die halfway up the hill right I'm gonna wait till I get to the top of the hill until I'm ready to die on it does that make sense so um, right,
3: and I actually agree with you I will literally look at people and I'm like please fact check me I don't know everything and if I don't yeah. have the answer I'm sending you somebody I think might because that's yes. more knowledgeable and funny enough my spouse actually wanted me to ask you at one point if you wanted to interview them because they would love to do this for your podcast
0: oh really um and he's a what now he's an atheist He
3: he's a hermetic atheist
0: so if he's uh here's the deal here's the deal um I'm not like, I'm, I'm finding that the more I'm talking to these people that are like way, that are way smarter than me, we start getting into um, Christian apologetics. And then I get to where I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'd rather interview people. Does that make sense? Or is he one of those people that like to argue the Bible and stuff like that? Like that's just. Uh,
3: if it's a podcast like this, he will be very civil and just do the interview. Uh, but he can be very combative online when Christians come in and, you know, similar to my podcast to when I do my live, Yeah.
0: You know, hate, 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 But
3: if it's like a calm thing like this, no, it'd be the same thing that you and I are
0: doing. Well, um, have him reach out to, is he on TikTok? Yes. Yeah. Have him reach out to me. Um, and then I'll, I'll respond to him and we can, me and him can have a conversation. We decide if it's a good fit or not. Um, okay. so
2: hey, Jim and I have one more question. For okay, you. go ahead, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to kind of address the elephant that is kind of in my room and this is just for the ed- edification of his people us that are believers that are listening what do you what do you think was the major factor in your deconstruction process was it the lord and the church's stance upon your sexual orientation was it interrelationships you had with god's people and what you experienced in the back and forth there or Was it the dogma of the Lutheran church? Um, What do you think was the major split for you?
3: So if I am honest and speaking honestly, it was an experience, several experiences over the course of the time that I was 14 to the time I was 18 with the Christian God specifically. My deconstruction had nothing to do with the church or people And their actions, because I have never been one to blame the actions of people on any god. That's that's not at all how that works. Um, For me, um, when I was fourteen, I was the victim of an SA event, Um, and I'm trying to be politically correct because I know this is on YouTube, and I don't want to get banned.
0: Okay. Um, Mark, you know what that means, right? Yes. Okay. All right.
3: So, and after that, I turned to God for comfort. Okay. I turned to him for understanding. Um, and instead, what I got was an overwhelming feeling of guilt um, within myself as though it was my fault. And so I went to my youth pastor and, and people I trusted, and we're talking to them about this. And then they would bring up Bible verses and bring up an understanding that they had and told me that, I should feel guilty, that it, that it was my fault. Um, I was accused at 16 of trying to sleep with my youth pastor. Um, and it just kind of reaffirmed that guilt that now I am somehow dirty for something that happened to me. Um, but what really kind of solidified my, I'm gonna start looking for answers was I was 18. I went to a women's retreat with my aunt for the weekend Uh, During said time, I had decided to rededicate myself to the faith because I felt that I needed it. Um, And when I was rebaptized and came out of the water, I was speaking in tongues. And it was kind of terrifying for me because I had no idea what I was saying. And I had no control over my body. And I wasn't the only one doing it. And that kind of went away and I kind of just wrote it off as like, it was an experience within the Holy spirit. I'm just going to write it off. I'll find understanding later. Right. Later that night we were doing worship service and I could feel the Holy spirit. I could feel Jesus's presence. And then I could feel the Christian God's presence. Uh And when he showed up, I blacked out. Um, And within this blackout, I have vivid memories and a vision of the god and of the energy that he gives off, and that turned me away because what i was feeling was very dark very what you guys would call demonic very um just heavy and i've been told by christians multiple times hey it was probably satan you're being deceived all this other stuff but for me i've always been able to tell Differences and energies, and I know what I was dealing with. I know it was him. And then when I actually started reading the Bible through and through for myself, and reading all the stories within different contexts, I could see where that would fit. And so for me, it just turned me away from that God. It was an energy that I didn't want to work with or be around. But I still have a, I guess, relationship or um, connection with jesus just not that god
0: yeah um so so you were pretty much baptized with the holy spirit then it sounds like if if she was speaking in tongues right or something like that but what what did you feel while you were speaking in tongues um did you feel good at peace what did you feel then
3: well it was a terrifying experience afterwards but in the middle of it it did feel like I was connected to something not necessarily peaceful but that uh, almost a blissful moment as though I was connected to something and hearing everyone around me doing the same thing it felt like I was home I was kind of in a family but then the events of the later night made me look back on that moment and be like oh well I didn't have control I had no idea what I was saying and to me, that's honestly a terrifying thought because I've never had that experience with any other entity ever.
0: Yeah, but I mean, that's a, so you've already been told that you thought you were being deceived when you blacked out at church that the next night. Right. But um, Multiple so, times. so, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that again, but um, I believe I believe that peace that you felt while you were speaking his tongue is the way that the way that God would make you feel. Because in the Bible, it says that God is love. So I feel if you were in the presence of God, then you would feel love, peace, understanding, things like that. And so, man, that just kind of just gives me, it just makes me bummed. It makes me bummed out, man. It makes me bummed out. It's not, I'm, not, I'm not like like feeling pity for you or anything else like that. It's just, think—I think I think, I'll tell you why I feel bummed out. Is because I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I kind of feel the same way.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I did want to say, Gemini, thank you for that. And I'm sorry for what you experienced. Yeah. And thank you for that vulnerability and, and honesty. Yeah. I appreciate that. I thank think there's something yeah, for all of us in that.
3: First time I've actually been able to tell a that story without being like just slapped down. Um, and for me, it would make sense that the peaceful thing that I felt was the original creator God from the Hebrew mythology, right? Which would be El Elyon, the actual one who created Adam and That would make sense to me. But for it to be, but for the dark energy to be Yahweh makes sense as well. So for me, I do split them because I do understand how the Hebrews describe God or God.
0: Yeah. I just, <laughs> I sank in my chair when you said that. Um... That they blamed that essay on you. I sank in my chair because I'm like, man, there's, there's still a lot of people out there that would rather, um, because what would have happened if, if, well, they would have had to change things and they would have had to go out and be courageous if they would have actually blame the person that victimized you, right? If they would have Mm -hmm. had to go out and blame the person that made you a victim of a crime, not only a crime, but changed the course of your life forever, then that would have been hard. It would have taken courage. It would have taken guts. And a lot of times people don't have guts, courage. And I mean, I think that's why I am good for areas like this, because I used to be a cop. I used to be a police officer. And whenever I was a detective, um, these are the main cases I worked right here. And my blood boils, man, whenever I have to sit in those rooms and get the victims to tell me in detail what had happened to them and just the amount of cowardice it takes to do what these men do to these women makes me sick. I'm sorry, to these children, it makes me sick. And then for you, not only to have to go through that fear, But then go somewhere else and for them to tell you it's your fault, that is wrong. That is wrong. And that's what makes me so sad about this is because you've already heard everything that Christians, right, have to tell you about what this energy was and stuff like this. So there's nothing we can say to you. But here's what I will say. And this is my closing phrase, and then Larry can say something, and then you can say something, Jim and I, at the end. Since you've watched a couple of shows, you know how how it works. Um, I will say this, that I do believe God is very, very, very different than any man inside of any church that you've ever met, including myself. I hope that you can see a little bit of the love of God coming from muffs, and that's all I hope. That's all I hope for. Um, but as far as trying to convince you any other, because I think, I mean, we're so lucky to get to talk to just wonderful individuals like yourself every, every week, beautiful inside um, individuals. I don't know if you're beautiful on the outside. I was going to say beautiful inside out. But then my wife had something she was going to throw at me over there. But anyway, what I was saying was is like I, we are so lucky that we get to talk to wonderful individuals like you every week. And even though we believe in something different, we can all drop our egos and pride for an hour or however long this lasts, and we can have um, a love-filled conversation. And even though I can be honest and say, I don't know what to tell you, but I I I hope you can just at least entertain the thought process that God may be different than anyone you've ever met on this earth. And um, maybe he is different than what you believe he is too. But like I said, I can't, I can't prove that. And I won't, and and I'm not going to tell you the same thing people um, has said over and over again. So Larry, go ahead.
1: First, I want to kind of sort of apologize. I'm sitting here quietly, just listening, trying to, actually trying to figure out what I would do if this was my own daughter. And unfortunately I do have a daughter that's in your place. And one of the things that I would really want to ask you about is how is your relationship with your mom? Um,
3: My relationship with my mom is actually pretty good. Um, we've had our issues throughout the years no one's perfect my mom will attest that she was never perfect but it's for the majority of my life it's really been me and my mom um i do have a stepdad and i have siblings but when i was born it was just me and my mom and we have always been super close i go to her for everything uh when she found out i was pagan she did not take it well um She has specifically told me that she doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't understand it and doesn't want to, um, which is fine. So I just leave that part out as best I can. But she, Um, but she
0: still like treats you the same. Like she doesn't, she doesn't like oh sweetheart. She doesn't like try to very
3: much loves me. She would give the shirt off her back for me if I needed anything. She's a call away. Does she Um, still like um,
0: try to convert you all the time and stuff?
3: No, she she did it first, but mostly now she just she gives her peace on what she believes and that's fine, but it's never a conversion thing.
0: Gotcha. She, okay, she without... puts
3: it on God, whether I'm going to come back or not. And I feel like that's more respectful because she's not pushing it on me.
0: Yeah. That's, that's kind of how we try to do it because we are a Christian podcast, but we, it's designed for the unbeliever at the end of the day. But we also try not to push it. We try to respect other people's beliefs and then, and then go on about our days, you know?
1: Right. Through that, I've often tried to figure out how to talk to my daughter. Um, I kind of, it it's kind of a hard thing for me to even talk about, but through that process, do you have, let me ask you another question. Do you have children?
3: I do. I have two step sons that I love very much.
1: Okay you have rules in your house?
3: We do. Um, we do have, you know, certain bedtimes and restrictions on games um, and understanding through that, yeah.
1: Do they ever not like it?
3: Oh, all the time. Uh, especially our 10-year-old who is now hitting puberty, says the doctor, uh, early puberty, <laughs> and is starting to get that attitude with us quite often.
1: <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. That's... Uh... I had all daughters, so I I learned a, different, a whole lot of different way about puberty. Um, I protected my daughters with everything that I could when I could. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they went through some pretty rough stuff in their life that is difficult as a parent not to have any control over. But when they were little, it was the rules. And it was pretty stringent on what I expected my kids to do. I didn't just because I was divorced with their mom didn't mean that the rules did that the rules would change or that I loved them less when they disobeyed or disobeyed, sorry. But mostly it's about that. This is what God has created and he has put a love for him in our hearts, but he gave us rules and regulations to go by. I kind of think I don't know that much about, I mean, since we've been learning all this, we've we've learned quite a bit about what other people consider gods and, and their rules and regulations. But yet, any time they talk about Yahweh or my God, or, you know, whichever name you want to use, they, they all are angry at him because his rules and regulations was too difficult for them to handle. And I don't, underst- I don't understand that.
3: Well, for me, it's not necessarily a, it's too hard or um, that his regulations are unfair. It's more so that the God seems to have hypocrisy within his own rules, I think is where most of the agitation comes from. Um, That is under your, but
1: I don't want to be argumentative, but that's under your interpretation of those being. Right. Being uh, what what
0: did you say? Hyper hypocritical. Hypocritical. Um, she's basically saying that God breaks his own rules, right? Um.
1: Because she's never broken any of her own rules. I know. I oh did. no, I
3: have. I will fully admit I'm a hypocrite.
1: Right. I, and, I and I'm I'm like you're talking to one of the worst dads in the world. Well, okay. So I mean, it's, I kind of can justify some of that. And then unfortunately there are people that are in her life that are, I got three daughters actually. So there are people in their life that create havoc that I have no control over. Right. Right. And the problem for you that I saw or heard was that your problem came actually from the church because they didn't believe you or they tried to squash it because of embarrassment or whatever. And then they turned around and made it onto you. And I, as a dad, would have, man, I'm almost in tears now. I would have so much problem with that. And at the same time, I I know as a Christian, I have to leave the judgment up to God. And I w- it's I so, don't know. so, so difficult not to do that. I mean, to do I that. I don't know
0: if I would. I don't know what I'd do. I don't know. I have no clue if something ha- I have two daughters, by the way, and I don't know. I don't know what I'd do. I know. Because cause now seeing the justice justice system from the side that I've been on being um, dealing with the district attorneys and stuff and how, um, I mean, how hard it is to get them convicted of the crime, first of all, and then the punishment that they get after it's done, it'd be very hard for me to leave the, um, I don't know, man. I don't know.
1: And I understand that. And I was there. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, I didn't have all the information that you had of what all of that is about. Yeah. What I was told was I lived with that God will, it's up to him to judge. Vengeance it's is his, him. yeah.
0: Vengeance is and his. And I
1: had to live that, and it is extremely, extremely difficult. But would I have done my daughters any good to be in jail for life? Because I wasn't in my right mind back then. And if I would have got started, they would have found pieces of that particular person all over the world.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. I'd have hit every one of them. I mean, I was a vile person then. Yeah. And so my vengeance would not have been mild. And it was best that God, even in my worst step away from him, still controlled my moral capabilities.
0: I just wish you would have been protected better, Jim and I. I I, I wish you would have been protected better. Um, It's just crazy. It's just it's just insane how the world is. It's insane how the world is. It really is, and how we treat our women. That's why I try to teach my girls um, to speak up. They can come tell me anything, anytime, anywhere. They have to feel comfortable around me. How important it is. One of the most important decisions you'll ever make is um, who you pick to be your husband, to be your leader. That that will um, that will take you into the future. Um, how how other men should treat you. You know, I mean dude, I don't know if I got something wrong with me or something, but my daughter came up to me or came up to the door last week and she was banging on the door saying, dad, I'm getting kidnapped, dad, I'm getting kidnapped. And I come to the door and I rip open the door and I go get the keys to my truck. And I'm saying, which one is it? And she points out in the street. And then I see this truck speed off and I, I got excited. I got excited. I was like, well, I finally get to fight somebody. I finally get to let some of this anger out or something at this person that's got that tried to kidnap my daughter. Well anyway, turns out turns out it was um, my one of my employees coming to get his check for payday <laughs> and he just pulled up to the house <laughs> and then scared the life out of her, you know so luckily she wasn't getting kidnapped. but I just identify something wrong in me that I'm like, okay, let's uh let's go hurt somebody because they hurt my daughter
1: would it be okay if I read you one verse? Go for it. Actually, it's, uh, it might be two now that I see it. First John four, five and six. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood.
0: What are you going to explain what that, what do you mean by that?
1: It simply means that if we're paying attention to the world, we can't Mm -hmm. see the truth. We're listening to God. We're listening to the truth. Yeah. And there is so much stuff in this world that is set out to trap us and to make us look the wrong direction.
0: Yeah. You know. Okay, Jim and I were at 1 hour and 6 minutes and 49 seconds. Um take us out. What do you what do you have to say towards the end here or for your final statement about this interview or whatever else you want to say?
3: Uh well, I do very much appreciate this interview um and that you guys were willing to have me on uh because not a lot of christians or uh even atheists like to talk to pagans because you know we're the crazy ones right <laughs> um but mostly i just want to let your audience know that regardless of your belief lack thereof what have you what's important is how you treat people um and honestly i will use one of my favorite Bible verses that I still hold true today, which is uh Matthew. I think it's, I think it's 23, 35 through 46. I'm probably getting that wrong. I apologize. Um, but I just shut they, my
0: computer or I would tell you,
3: <laughs> uh, but it is basically talking about, uh, what you do for the least of these you do for me. Yep. Uh, the, the parable of the separation of sheep and goats. Uh, you, you when did we see you thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you in prison and visit you? Those things is what matters. Be yes. there for the people you actually that that you love strangers. be there for the world because the only kindness that we're gonna get in this world is from each other.
0: yep, yes, and I um so to 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 parry off what you just said. Um, I had someone tell me that I shouldn't be talking to homosexuals. I shouldn't be talking to unbelievers because that's what this whole platform is about, speaking to unbelievers, right? And mm-hmm. that Bible verse that you just read when Jesus says that whenever we were when, whenever we were in prison and you didn't um, give us a word, that Bible verse says, right, that we were in prison, you didn't give us a word, that does not mean you were actually in prison. So if what Jesus is saying is correct— than the people that are in prison to their sin and you didn't preach that to them, the word of God, because everybody wants to say, oh, they're gay. Leave them alone or they're um, in sin. Leave them alone. Don't mess with them. It's like, oh, well, Jesus didn't come for Christians, bro. Jesus came for the unbelievers. You know what I mean? So like what you're saying is wrong.
1: Matthew 25,
0: 31 through 46.
3: Right, thank you.
0: You're welcome. Okay, so anyway, yeah. I did that without a computer. I just wanted to let you know that that I agree with you, what you're saying there, but continue on with your (laughs) final statement there.
3: Um, But yeah, and if anyone is wanting to learn about paganism, I do teach online. I do teach on TikTok uh, through the Goddess of Death 96 account as well as the Death Druid account. Um, And if people are actually wanting to learn and deep dive their faith, I highly encourage it. Never stop learning because that's when you get stagnation.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and we appreciate it. It was an honor meeting you. And um, have your husband or anybody else that believes in anything, we we interview anybody. What's that?
1: Spouse. Spouse. Sorry. She didn't call it husband. Oh. she called it help her spouse. Uh, no, uh,
3: I have two spouses. I am uh, polyamorous, so I have my, my beautiful wife. And my non uh, non non-binary spouse, who is the uh, atheist that you would be wanting to interview. Forgive me. I'm so
1: sorry. I was just trying to get him to get the thing straight.
0: Okay. Politically
3: correct. Man. Thank you.
0: Well, anyway, yeah. Forgive me. um, But yes, just have anybody who wants you know that wants to that would like to be on the show. Um, I actually enjoy it. I enjoyed our conversation today. Um, I mean, we get to feel emotions of all sort, um, and so. it really makes it, every week it's making me feel um, just daunting about how we need to change, and we learn from this too. so we learn a ton from this. So thank you, Jim and I for coming on, and um, I no hope problem. to be talking to you soon, okay:
1: Each time that we interview somebody yeah, I'm sorry, each time that we interview somebody, we learn that we need to love like Jesus more.: Yep, than anyone else around us we have to live that way we have to love like Jesus
0: well I'll tell you this you say the pagans are the crazy one but you and the last pagan witch that we interviewed said the same thing almost in your last um, in your final statement so um, and I agree with you so maybe but I'm crazy too no,
3: it doesn't surprise me <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay thank you for coming on thank take you. care of yourself okay have a blessed one
3: no problem thanks guys
0: All right, bye. bye. man dude it just, it's just like one of those things, man, that I just don't, I, I felt the same thing with Dan and it, and it's just like, I think that's where I was like, I just wanted to run and quit after I, we got into talking to Dan is because there is nothing we can say. Like, I like to have a roadmap. I like to have a roadmap of where we're going with something and how do I fix this? Cause we're men, right? We like to fix things. We like to fix things. And she's sitting there talking and I'm like, I don't know how to fix this.
1: That's why I was talking about a ranch like me.
0: Yeah. Larry, I think I think you said that off air, but Larry said that God fixed fixed a wrench like him and I told him I don't think Jesus likes wrenches, dude. <laughs> it's a wretch, by the way.
1: I know. 3 uh I'm I'm still back in first John. 3 and 8. He who does what is sinful and is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Let me read that last little part. Nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Okay. So we can't love our brother. I don't care if you go to church. I don't care if you go to the bar. I don't care where you go. If you can't love your brother, then you are not of God. The Bible says so.
0: Yep. It is written by that. I want to point something funny out that you did there. You tried to prove a point using the Bible to a pagan that doesn't believe the bible's true (laughs) not the
1: pagan that i'm worried about it's the seeds that that was planted i got you and that's that's my whole goal is you know she she used the bible back to me right yeah and if we're not going to walk it then we're wrong yeah if we're not going to love like jesus we're we're wrong
0: I want to point out something in the Bible verse that I, um, that I read, too, that it seems like the, um, it seems like Satan is ready and willing to give all the signs that you want, right? Like Ali last week. Yep. But we read, we read in the book of Matthew this week, and, and I think you were there yesterday for this one, but you may not have been paying attention. You may have been typing in Jesus loves you every, every five seconds. But I want to bring up in the Bible study yesterday, we brought up a good point, okay? Um, these people that Jesus was teaching was asking, if you're the son of God, show me a sign. And Jesus said, a wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign and I will give you none. Right? The devil, Satan, whatever you want to call him, is ready and willing to give you a sign. Um, Last week, Allie with the cardinal. Okay? This week, her with having that eerie um, experience in church where she said the tongue she was, it sounds like she was baptized with the Holy spirit. I don't know. I mean, cause you probably can't lose the Holy spirit, right? I don't know. We can get into that some other time.
1: You can grieve the Holy spirit.
0: Right. So, um, but we'll get into that some other time. We're already at one fifteen. We can't, we can't get into that right now, but, um, but it's pretty odd uh, to me. Uh, let's give a synopsis of it, that the devil is ready and willing to give people signs and wonders and um, gives you things to make you believe that um, God's bad or maybe God doesn't exist or maybe that feeling that you felt, oh, did you feel that? that You were in church and you passed out, so you felt like that was God, but it was really devil. Look how gross God is, right? But a wicked and adulterous um, generation, the one we're in, will ask for a sign, and it says, God will give you None.
1: Satan is here to steal, kill, and destroy.
0: Yeah. And
1: just, just let's go back to Adam and Eve in the in the Garden of Eden. All he did was change a little wording of what God had said. Yeah. God said, "Hey, man, don't eat of that fruit, because you will surely die." Yeah. <clears throat> Satan goes, "Did he say you will surely die?" Yeah, he said that. All he does got to twisted it a little bit to make you think whatever. I think he
0: said you have something in your eye, right? Mm. Yeah, you can eat that. Eat from the tree of knowledge because knowledge is great, right? And I said this, and I got attacked for this. Bad. I said knowledge is poison in my Bible study today. Oh, I got attacked for that.
1: I do believe that that is the biggest thing. One of the down or one of the um, prophecies for end times is the increase of knowledge. Oh my goodness, who who? If you were hiding under a rock, yeah, you would be able to see the difference in the increase of knowledge in the last ten years, yeah, if you go twenty is twenty years is about when how long we've had mobile phones,
0: right? yeah, yeah, you carry not
1: that long, you carry more computer technology in your hand right now than it took to put man on the moon, yeah yeah and and we're carrying it around. they had rooms of computers to do that, yeah. Knowledge is everywhere. And why? Because the more knowledge we have, the more he can distract
0: us. I had an atheist tell me today, he said, he said, increasing our knowledge and learning is the only reason why we're here. And I said, doing the will of God is the only reason why we're here. I'd, rather, I'd
1: rather be, I'm sorry, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but I'd rather be an, considered an idiot and go to heaven yeah, than a brainiac and go to hell.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, can I tell you something? I'm just gonna just be honest with you. I'm not that smart. You're not that far away. <laughs> I'm working. You're, I'm close. Working You're on close, it. close, dude. Hey.
1: <laughs> I ate my
0: I ate <laughs> You're my gummies. Like, they're like, damn, <laughs> don't happen. I'm just kidding. I ate okay. my dumb
1: gummies this morning. <laughs> that was bad.
0: All right. Anyway, thank you all for listening today. We're gonna go ahead and cut this thing off. Um we have a we have a good next month um ready for you guys. So thank you for listening. We love you, and we are out. I'm gonna take you home. Thank you so much for listening to the Help My Unbelieve podcast. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And more importantly, tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. for new episodes.